What you think, you see, and you ultimately become. Think better, live better. Welcome to the Think Better, Live Better podcast. We're your hosts, Mark and Angel Chernoff, New York Times bestselling authors and creators of the popular blog, Mark and Angel Hack Life. Today's episode is titled, Seven Ways to Protect Yourself from Other People's Negative Energy. Dealing with negativity can be quite a downer. You know, I once had a coworker whose negative energy would wash over me on a daily basis. In our conversations, she would complain endlessly about just a, about anything. Work tasks, you know, family, friends, health, and anything else she could think of. She was also extremely cynical about others too, uh, often doubting their intentions and judging them quite harshly. Talking to her was not a pleasant experience to say the least. You know, the first time I had a meeting uh, with her, I, f- I felt completely drained. Even though we spoke for just 30 minutes, I barely had any energy left after our conversation. It felt as if someone had literally sucked the life out of me. And it took me a couple hours for the effects to wear off. The same thing happened the next two, few times we spoke too. I quickly realized that I needed to work out an action plan, right? In order to deal with her type of negative energy, I had to have something set up. After all, she was not gonna be the only negative person that I was gonna encounter in my life. So Angel and I worked together and we gradually developed uh, several key strategies for dealing with negative people effectively. And they've worked wonders in our own lives. And now we use them to assist hundreds of coaching clients and course students that we work with daily. So we're hoping that you find value in them too. Number one, set and enforce limits. Negative people who wallow in their problems and fail to focus on solutions are hard to deal with. They want people to join in in their 24-7 pity party so they can feel better about themselves. And you may feel pressured to listen to their complaints simply because you don't want to be seen as a callous or rude, but there's a fine line between lending a compassionate ear and getting sucked into their negative emotional drama. You can avoid this drama by setting limits and distancing yourself when necessary. Think of it this way. If a negative person were chain-smoking cigarettes, would you sit beside them all day inhaling their secondhand smoke? No, you wouldn't. You'd distance yourself. So go ahead and give yourself some breathing room when you must. If distancing yourself is impossible in the near future, another great way to set limits is to ask a negative person how they intend to fix the problem they're complaining about. Oftentimes, they will either quiet down or redirect the conversation in a more harmonious direction, at least temporarily. Number two, Respond mindfully, don't just react. You know, a reaction is a hot, thoughtless, in-the-moment eruption of emotion that's usually driven by your ego. As human beings, we're more likely to react when we're disconnected from our logical mind. It might last just a split second before your intuition kicks back in and offers some perspective, or it might take over to the point that you actually act on your emotion. When you feel angry or flustered after dealing with a negative person, that's a sign that you've reacted rather than responded mindfully. Responding mindfully will leave you feeling like you've handled things with integrity and poise. So the bottom line is, when you encounter someone with a really negative attitude, don't respond by throwing insults back at them. Keep your dignity and don't lower yourself to their level. True strength is being bold enough to walk away from the nonsense with your head held high. 
Number three, introduce lighter topics of discussion. Some people's negative attitudes are triggered by specific, seemingly harmless topics. For example, one of my friends turns into a very toxic self-victimizer whenever we talk about her job. No matter what I say, she'll complain about everything related to her job. And when I try to interject with positive comments, she just rolls right over them with more negativity. Obviously, this becomes quite a conversation dampener. If you find yourself in a similar conversational situation and the person you're talking with is stuck on a topic that's bringing you down, realize their negative emotions may be too deeply rooted to address in a one-off conversation. Your best bet is to introduce a new topic to lighten the mood. Simple things like funny memories, mutual friendships, personal success stories, and other kinds of happy news makes for lighter conversation. Keep it to areas that the person feels positive about. Number four, focus on solutions, not problems. Where and how you focus your attention determines your emotional state. When you zero in on problems you're facing, you create and prolong negative emotions and stress. When you shift your focus toward actions that can actually improve your circumstances, you create a sense of self-efficacy that yields positive emotions and reduces stress. The same exact principle applies when dealing with negative people. Fixating on how stressful and difficult they are only intensifies your suffering by giving them power over you. Stop thinking about how troubling this person is and focus instead on how you're going to handle their behavior in a more positive way. This makes you more effective by putting you in the driver's seat, and it will greatly reduce the amount of stress you experience when you're interacting with them. Number five, maintain a level of emotional detachment from other people's opinions of you. Maintaining a level of emotional detachment is vital for keeping stress at a distance. Not allowing negative people, or anyone for that matter, to put the weight of their inadequacies on your back is vital to your emotional health and happiness. It all comes down to how you value yourself and thus believe in yourself. People who manage their lives effectively are generally those who work internally. For example, those who know that success and well-being comes from within, internal locus of control. Negative people generally work externally. For example, blame others or outside events for everything that does or doesn't happen, also known as external locus of control. When your sense of satisfaction and self-worth are derived from the opinions of others, you are no longer in control of your own happiness. Know this. When emotionally strong people feel good about something they've done, they don't let anyone's shallow opinions or spiteful remarks take that away from them. Truth be told, you're never as good as everyone says when you win, and you're never as terrible as they tell you when you lose. The important thing is what you've learned and what you're doing with it. Number six, let go of the desire to change other people's negative tendencies. Some people you can help by setting a good example. Others you just can't. Recognize the difference and it'll maintain your equilibrium. Don't be taken in by the energy vampires, the manipulators and emotional blackmailers of the world by desperately trying to control what is out of your control, their behavior. With that said, if there's a specific behavior someone you love has that you're hoping changes over time, it probably won't. If you really need them to change for some substantial reason, be honest and put all the cards on the table so this person knows how you feel and why you feel the way you feel. 
For the most part though, you can't change people and you shouldn't try. Either you accept who they are or you choose to live without them. It might sound a bit harsh, but it's not. When you try to change people, they often resist and remain the same. But when you don't try to change them, when you support them and allow them the autonomy to be as they are, a lot of times they gradually change in the most miraculous way because what really changes is the way you see them. Number seven, dedicate ample time every day to self-care. You do not have to neglect yourself just because others do. Seriously, if you're forced to live or work with a negative person, then make sure you get enough alone time to rest and recuperate. Having to play the role of a focused, rational adult in the face of a persistent negativity can be exhausting. And if you're not careful, the negativity can consume you. Negative people can keep you up at night as you constantly question yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Am I really so terrible that they speak to me like that? I can't believe he did that. I'm so hurt. Thoughts like these can keep you agonizing for weeks, months, or even years. Sadly, sometimes this is the goal of a negative person, to drive you crazy and bring you down to their level of thinking so they're not wallowing alone. And since you can't control what they do, it's important to take care of yourself so you can remain centered, feeling healthy and ready to live positively in the face of their negativity when you must. And although it can be hard to admit, you know, sometimes the negative person is you, right? Sometimes it's your own negativity that hurts you more than anything else. So if your inner critic is trying its hardest to get the best of you today, try giving up all the thoughts and contemplations that make you feel bad, or even just some of them, maybe for the rest of today. See how doing so changes your life. You don't need these negative thoughts because all they have ever given you really is a false self that suffers for no reason. Yeah, and we've talked a lot about this topic in our most recent book, A Thousand Little Things, Happy Successful People Do Differently, and rightfully so because I think we've all encountered that negative person or two um, many times in our life, right? Like I'm raising my hand right here. I have some negative family members that I even deal with um, pretty often. And so this is um, a great topic to continue to revisit time and time again. And what I've noticed really helps for me is to just distance myself. So rather than, you know, talking to this person every day on the phone to catch up and hearing about all the daily ongoings, I choose to just speak to them once a week, right? Mm -hmm. And by doing so, the other person doesn't realize I'm purposely doing this. So it's not hurting their feelings, right? Um, But by doing so, when I talk to that other person, they just want to talk about the positive stuff. They want to give me the highlight reel because I'm not talking to them every single day. I'm just talking to them once a week. So they're giving me the highlights, the things that went good. And it has helped tremendously. It also gives you time to fill your bucket too. Mm -hmm. I think that's the other part of it too. But by creating that distance, right? Like a lot of times we think too black and white. We think like, oh, like I either am going to be with this person or I'm not going to be them with them at all. I'm going to exile them from my life. And what you're saying is, no, you know, if, if you have a, a source of negativity in your life, especially if it's someone that you do love and you do care about, you don't need to exile them from your life, but you can choose to spend a little bit less time around them, right? You can choose to talk to them just a little bit less. And I think that does two things. One is 100%, right? It gives them a more chance to kind of decompress and mull over some of the, the bad things that happen on a daily basis so you don't have to hear about all of it, but it also gives you time to fill your bucket so that when you are in their presence, you can be a bit more patient, 
with some of that negativity that's just inevitably going to come across the table, right? It's a little bit of both. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point because, you know, it is draining to be around these people, but you're absolutely right. If you, you provide that space, you're filling your bucket, you're able to be more present and realize like, this is just how the person is. You can't change them and you can listen to them and be patient. And then when the time comes, you know, change the topic. Yeah. Um, so I think you're absolutely right by giving yourself that space to fill your own bucket um, so you're not so quickly drained when you're hanging out with this person. Yeah. I think positive language also with dealing with people who are kind of on the negativity train is, is quite important. And this is especially, again, for people who are important to you, right? I mean, I think it makes sense that there's a lot of negativity in the world that we don't have to engage in, right? We don't have to just jump on the dra- drama chain and and chase it, Right. So if, if there's, you know, somebody that you can kind of keep your distance from, uh, great. But if there's a conversation that you need to have, and we kind of said that, like, you know, if, if, if there's something that you need for someone to do, right, if there's a change you need a person to make, the question is, is how do you engage in that conversation? Like, hey, like when, when we see each other, it's always a, a negative experience for me because of your behavior, right? Like that's what you want to tell this person, but that's not an easy conversation to have. And so, I mean, a trick that Angel and I use quite often is to is to, to, to keep the focus on us, make us the topic. So you never walk into to, to a conversation with somebody and say, you know, why are you saying this to me? You, 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 you're doing this, you're doing that. Like put the focus on yourself and, and, and say, you know, this is what I'm hearing and this is how it's making me feel, right? So if you need someone to change something rather than say you are doing this thing, right? Say, I'm hearing this and this is how it's making me feel. It's just a small shift, right? But when you enter a conversation with this person about this change that you need them to make or this behavior that they have that you're hoping shifts in some way, um, if if they see that the, the focus is more on you, they do not feel attacked, right? It's not like you throwing bullets across the table at them during this conversation. So it's something to think about. It, it, it's a way that you can help manage um, th- some of those very difficult conversations that you might have to have with somebody who's being quite negative. Yeah, and when I've had, the, I, I, I use that tactic often. And when I, knew, when I do, I've discovered that the person, the way I'm interpreting it is not how they meant it to be delivered. Yeah, yeah. And of course, of course too, right? There, there's, there's, I mean, that person could be going through their thing. It might be a temporary, you know, situation. Now, if you have a very permanent, you know, uh, source of negativity in your life. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to what you had said earlier, you know, you, you figure out how to distance yourself. You're like, you really need to ask yourself like how, like this person's presence in my life on a daily basis, how is it affecting me? Like, you know, and put yourself first a little bit in that situation, right? It might sound like a selfish thing to do, but there are circumstances where you need to put your own well-being first because the only way you're going to be a caring, loving human being is if you fill that bucket a little bit. Absolutely. And remember, what you think, you see, you ultimately become. Think better, live better. 